HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Coming this spring, we're working on something big for opening soon. Opening a restaurant can sometimes take months or even years. So I have this one consulting client that's been three months away from opening for the past year. And I had a calendar reminder show up today, and the reminder was that our goal was to open tomorrow. But this spring, you'll be able to hear it in just a few hours. On March 30th, he had passed away, and then on March 31st, he had come back to life. And then on April 2nd, he had passed away again. And I was like, okay, my regards to the family, I don't even know how to receive this information. So tune in as we follow one of Brooklyn's best and brightest young chefs and restaurateurs on their journey from start to open doors. Alex, you need to put more money in. We're out. We can't pay anybody. He is the worst. Oh my (laughs) God, that guy. It's the build. Subscribe to Opening Soon from Heritage Radio Network, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Lou Bank. I am Chapati One. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps green cakes bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. And today we're talking about one of the best friends of agaves. You know, like this is one of the friends of agaves that helps uh, the Capone. Is it me or is it you? Uh, I think I'm a better friend to uh, agaves than you are, but these are even better friends of agaves. And these oh. are cows. Cows and bulls, I guess. Cattle okay. in general. How Cat- are they? I don't get it. How are they? Hmm, you've confused me. Okay, how exactly is a cow or a bull a friend of the agave? Well, you know, uh, I think one of the things that is tremendously appreciated in the industry is the capone, right? So goats are also a good friend. Let's just say. So when you when you're, you the capone being when you when you interrupt the agave from uh, from from going to seed by cutting off. It's reproductive stock. The it's quiote. quiote. Yes. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. I've heard, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've heard that uh, also a thousand times, this legend that if you caught the quiote with a machete or throwing a rock, it is not as effective as it's a goat or a cow. It's it, right? And the science <laughs> sure. behind that is extremely shaky. Uh, some well, people... Get... Well, well, 
You know, it, it actually it reminds me of um, of cilantro. Cilantro, okay. Yeah, you know what cilantro is, right? Uh, cilantro, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like I really the way you pronounce tacos, it better. Yeah, I wanted yeah. you to just say it again. Um, yeah, so one of the things that I learned very early on when I was in my cooking phase was that if you cut cilantro with mm -hmm. a knife, a metal knife, um, it would start to turn black quickly. But if you use these special scissors they made out of ceramics, you didn't have the same effect. And I think about the teeth of the goat and the cow, and I think about ceramics, and I think, hmm, maybe there's a connection there? Sure. And maybe it's just the saliva that creates some sort of effect on top of the wound. God knows. But what I'm trying to say by this is that a significant <laughs> amount of the agave that we arguably say it's wild agave is somehow in contact or it's uh, in the vicinity of goats, cows, and all of these things that hmm. do two things. They have two things in common. They pee yeah. and they poop. <laughs> and they eat. There's and, three they, and they eat, correct. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny because you're saying wild agave, but as you're, as you're talking about these animals, my head's going, <laughs> and it's an episode, so I got to say Lalo, um, my head goes to Lalo's farm where there's all of those animals walking around on his farm to agave too. Exactly. So, and I think that uh, this even makes more relevant the quote that we're going to play by Chloe Servino. Did I pronounce her name correctly? Uh, close enough for me. Yeah, Chloe. Chloe is the author of the book Raw Deal. Raw Deal. Yeah, Raw Deal uh, that just came out. That's an investigation into our well, you know, both um, uh, our meat sources, but then also our uh, alternative meat sources. And it's the kind of thing that when you read it, you realize, oh, I need to change my diet. The problem is, you also can't become a vegan based on this book, and you you just have to live off of trees. I think. Yeah, maybe. And I think uh, I, I was even more traumatized by other areas of the book. And that's why I would love to play her quote right away. So let's hear, give her the space. Here it goes. Okay. If a cattle is given antibiotics, those antibiotics will be in this body and it'll leave through normal fluids like pee, for example, or manure, right? And so as that cow is in the feedlot or if it's, if it's even grazing on the soil, then those antibiotics are then being spread around that ground and those antibiotics stay there are many studies that talk about how these stay for a really long time you know taking micronutrients out of the soil taking bugs good bugs out of the soil stripping soil of a lot of key nutrients causing soil erosion and it's really serious these these drugs like stay in the soils for a really long time and there are a lot of researchers that are really only just starting to understand the full extent of these ramifications. The other aspect here is that antibiotics are also very much in our waterways. We have so much different types of water pollution across North America, um, but the antibiotic resistance element of it is something that's really only just starting to be addressed as well. But there are antibiotics in waterways and across North America and where there are now, you know, folks aren't able to swim in some of these areas, you're not allowed to drink it solely because of the antibiotics that are in the water. Aren't you terrified by this, Lou? Like, it, do it doesn't hit I, a lot of nerves when you I, well, think about the effect that this can have, both in the water sources that are being used to make agave spirits and the health of agaves in the long term? 
you know, honestly, Java, I got to say that the first thing I worry about here is not agaves when I hear this quote. I mean, the, the, you know, the more the more I'm reading about this stuff and by this stuff, I mean, you know, Dan's book, uh, Eating to Extinction and, you know, where we're headed, the more I think I should stop reading it because it's just scaring the life out of me. How are we how are we going to live for well I don't have to live for more than like another 15 20 years I'll be fine. How are you going to live for another 30 or 40 years? I mean, absolutely, but I think that you know you you need to start tackling it per area of specialty, right? Or per area of expertise. And huh, unfortunately, wait, I'm I am not sure not, what you mean by that. What do you well, mean by that? Well, that you can protect or you can work in the areas that you're related to. You know, like as much as I maybe I am interested in corn or wheat or apples or pears, like or I cannot avocados. touch or avocados. I cannot touch everything <laughs> at once. So like I think that the first thing that I that I try to do is okay, I get this information. I try to mm-hmm. understand what it means to my areas of specialty and see if there's anything that we can do in order to affect that, correct? So in this specific case, what really drives me crazy is, you know, when we're in Durango, it's some of the most beautiful wild agaves that I've ever seen, but a lot of that land, I wouldn't say bought, but yes, bought, but a lot of that land, it's also used for ranching. Sure. So that's that's the reason why people have that land. So many of those, sorry, yeah. Well, hang on a second, though, Chava, because, you know, my understanding of ranching in in Mexico in general, but certainly in places like Durango, my assumption is they're not doing the same stuff to their to their 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 cattle, to their goats, to their animals that we're doing in the USA with all these antibiotics. Maybe the the scale and the amount of antibiotics that are being applied, it's not as intense and I could agree with that in the same way that I maybe I personally don't consume the same amount of antidepressants or antibiotics that a regular American or like, <laughs> that I do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like maybe I, I'm I'm huh. pretty sure there might be a uh, parallel. Well, there there might be a difference there, but you're also like I think Mexico, fortunately and unfortunately, when they're growing, when we're growing our larger industries. We definitely take use of the advancements advancements that are being done in the U.S., in Europe, in China, right? So it's not like we live in a vacuum. Well, you know, I I, I get that, but it always feels to me, and, you know, this literally is just a feeling. I don't have anything to support it, but it feels to me like, you know, maybe that's the case when you're buying meat in a grocery store in Mexico City, but, you know, when I'm when I'm hanging out in Durango and picking up, you know, a, a cut of meat, well, not that I'm, well, I guess I did, yes, for the, for cooking when we were at uh, Serio's place. It feels to me like, oh, it's, that couldn't have been touched by the same kind of... <laughs> I, mean, I think you're just over-idealizing the beautiful Mexico. It's almost like they put an Instagram filter in front of you. But uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, like I, I think the one area where I have more understanding of this is agriculture. And believe me, mm-hmm. that uh, 98% of the avocados are not certified as organic. They are using almost, if not worst pesticides, fertilizers, and all of those uh, crazy chemicals that are sometimes even illegal in the U.S. Huh. Huh. So, wow. But, but anyway, like returning it to topic, for me, it's like <laughs> you have this walking pollutant. 
you have hundreds of walking pollutants <laughs> going to the most pristine areas where the most pristine it- agaves are in Mexico. And that just drives me crazy. Isn't that the nickname you had for me? Was uh, was uh, a, a walking pollutant? Unfortunately, you also fly and drive, so <laughs> I have I have to add that to to the mix as well. But I, I God, I I don't know. I I I hear what you're saying, and I get that. I I guess this is sort of like everything else we talk about uh, with agave and uh, and mezcal and Mexico, which is case by case, right? Case by case circumstances, because there's something that I absolutely love about. I mean, you were just we started this whole episode by saying the cow is the friend of the agave. Well, and, and, and that's what frustrates the hell out of me. That yes, like I, I think there's a there can be a symbiotic. Is that even a word in English? Uh, symbiotic. symbiotic. Yeah. yeah, I just mispronounced it. That's how uh, Spider Man got his black suit. But keep going. Cool. Okay, so it's a symbiotic relationship that can happen. You know, like we're even understanding these days that agave leaves can be used as a supplement food for cows. I think there's a lot of happy interactions that oh. can happen there. Oh. Right. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I mean, I love the, that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of beautiful relationships that can happen there, and I hate that just because the medication, it's not, it's it's not the right one. You are making that relationship be unfortunate, and you're literally. I mean, we always say that agave it's so great at extracting all the information from the land where it's been planted because it takes so long to grow. So, and if those 11 years, 12 years, 15 years, you have a tiny bit of pee with antibiotics, a tiny bit of poop with antibiotics adding up year after year after year, I really worry about that. And nobody has done this study, but I still think it's really unfortunate that what we think is pristine, it's starting to become the, the, the opposite. Well, yeah. Okay. Like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100% in terms of I don't want to see antibiotics destroying um, the the ground in which we grow the plants that we eat. Um, I'm 100% with you. But do you really think, like, a, a plant that's in the ground for 15 years, if it's pooped on twice by a cow that has some antibiotics, do you really think, it, A, it's going to affect the agave negatively, but B, could it possibly show up in the end distilled product that we drink? I think that that's not even the most important thing about that. And, you know, like that's a little bit of what uh, what Chloe is pointing in her quote. It's we're talking about the soil's health. And mm-hmm. again, like if you have a poorer soil, I also think you have a less glorious agave. And, you know, you might not be drinking that antibiotic in a distilled spirit because, you know, it has gone through all of these processes that might make the influence of the antibiotics negligible to your health. But I want to preserve that soil as if it was the Sixteen Chapel, right? I want that <laughs> soil to be as glorious as it possibly can because I don't want to find deserts the next time we drive around San Luis Potosí or Guanajuato where, where all that biodiversity, it's gone. I don't want to go to the reserve of Chehuacán, Cuicatlán and just find that all this beautiful forest of cacti and agaves and a hundred other things are not there anymore because you have more and more goats being there with antibiotics in their system. <laughs> I you know it's 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 interesting. Like I get what you're saying and and maybe it's because you know I've got family in North Carolina and I've seen the uh, the USA version of this. But it doesn't feel to me like you're anywhere near critical mass in Mexico whereas we are. 
in in parts of the USA. And- oh, well, of course, of course, you're destroyed. I mean, you're 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 gone. Like <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah. like you're you're a lost cause. No, I'm kidding. But, but, uh- but it, oh no, I actually like. I mean, I, I I don't think we're a lost cause. I think we've seen that the planet can heal itself pretty quickly. But. Um, you know, it feels to me almost like what we're doing in this episode is using the cows and goats around the agave as the excuse to talk about this very serious issue. And, you know, and I accept the fact that you and I come at this from very different angles. Um, but, yeah, I want to see all of these these factory farmed animals no longer like no longer factory farmed i want to see everything look more this is my problem i think java mm. i want to see everything look more like rural mexico and now you're telling me that's not the solution so damn it you have to you have to tell me that that is the solution or then i do lose lose all hope well like and i think chloe also talks about this in her book you know there's certain idealizations that we make like grass-fed cows right so yes like grass-fed and and ranching in big plots of land can be part of a solution if done Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And if you're still fit, again, like if you are using larger pieces of land and you're making it so that you're polluting larger pieces of land instead of doing everything in a small place, then grazing is not a solution. You are, you know, like it's it's not about that there's a boss word that solves the problem. Oh, but you just brought a beautiful image to my mind. You know, back in uh, 2000 or 2001, I was dating this this woman whose family is in uh, not Durango, but Durango, Colorado, and and her family, they're they're cattle ranchers, Hmm. and they have tens of thousands of acres of land that they um, that they ranch on and they do this grazing and there's you know it's not even grass fed or not simply grass fed it's grass finished so they never take the uh, the cattle to one of these end houses to do that last uh, you know the last I don't know week or two weeks of shoving corn in them um, but they would never they would never ever ever use any kind of antibiotics so I guess maybe I want everything to look like Durango, Colorado? Sure. I've never been there, so I, I wouldn't be able to tell you if that's a fortunate place. I bet they could grow agave. In Durango? Of course, there's yeah. There's agave growing there. I'm going to reach out to Cynthia, find out if she's got some, some agave there. Absolutely. But anyways, like, I think my conclusion to this is, uh, and truly, like, I think one of the few areas of consensus that I found these days in the agave spirits industry is that everybody loves, loves wild agave. You know, like everything else is up for contention, but wild agave is like the Holy Spirit, that uh, the immaculate thing that everybody has the consensus that needs to be protected. Yeah. And I think this is a huge danger to it that is not even being mapped and that is not being understood nor discussed. Oh, that's interesting because I I think it's sort of the opposite. I think think, um, so many people love it and that's actually putting it in danger. And, and and again, like, yes, that's a narrative we've talked about, but yeah. I think that this is another area, another facet of it that I don't see anybody touching. And that's why I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> is, the, is the cows and the, the, goats and the goats and their hormones. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So we also need to, in order to really, you're saying in order to, I think, in order to protect the wild agave population, we need to also regulate the use of hormones in our cattle. Well, antibiotics, I'm not even saying hormones. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Antibiotics. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyways, so that's it. That's my only conclusion. Uh, maybe I do come back. We will come back to this because I, I'm actually doing a little bit of research, paid research, thank the Lord, uh, on this direction. So I might have a few more ideas uh, going ahead. Well, I'm just really proud that we got through this whole episode talking about uh, cows and goats and pooping and peeing, and there wasn't a single uh, joke out of me regarding any of that. I am very proud of you, Senor Lu. Okay, that's my conclusion, and I'll catch you next episode, Chava. Chido, wow. Adios. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. A Gabby Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.